Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. The Southern Ground Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND. That's all lowercase, all one word, SOUTHERNGROUND at checkout. and That'll get you 25% off of your purchase. If you're wanting to know more about saddle hunting, well, check out TetheredNation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you'd like to support the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. We offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. And now, let's get to the show. Hey guys, last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women and by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn points, you start to unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free stuff, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. All right. Well, gentlemen, I am uh, officially the only person on this podcast that has not shot a turkey in the last week. And that's unfortunate. And the most unfortunate <laughs> thing is that I probably turkey hunted more than you guys. I don't know, Luke, you, you kind of had a nice little run of it this week. Yeah, yeah, I've hunted a lot. Uh, but we got our buddy Joey Bell back on the show. This has become a tradition of turkey season, Joey. You, you've been on, this is the third year in a row, I think, right? Yes, I believe so. I can't, I don't even remember the first year I was on here, but you were here, you, you came to my house. Well, no, that the first one was before that. Was it you really? called me as, as before we, as before I went on my Nebraska trip, that was 2019. Maybe we're going on so four how many, years. How many maths is that? That's I, I don't know. 19, years. 20, 21, 22. That's four. Man, has it four been years? four years? Man, it's, you it's make crazy. us feel old now. I don't know. So, so I mean, it really is a tradition, though, at this point. It's like, I know I can always count on you to want to come on and talk about turkeys and um, makes for a really good conversation. But you guys both, y'all have uh, knocked me out of the park on on Easterns so far this season. So, congrats, both of you fellas. I'm, uh, I'm on Appreciate that. They're hard earned this time of year, at least for for us up here in Tennessee. Man, this 
this early season ain't no joke. The woods look like a, <laughs> this just looks like a landscape of matchsticks. There's not a leaf <laughs> above the ground, you know, and then they're still in their big groups up here. So they just got a lot to contend with. And, and you're on, you're on Radnor up. Lake, right? Yeah, that's right. I got to go to my, my honey hole, Radnor <laughs> Lake State Park. <laughs> you got to watch out for all the hikers. <laughs> Dude. Okay. Joey, have you, uh, have you hunted public at all this year? Um, so far yeah. this, this season? Yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to think. We went to at least one spot Saturday. Yeah, I went to I hunted public Saturday, and I'll hunt public in the morning. So, I feel bad for you guys up in Tennessee. This year feels it just like I don't even know if I'm going to buy a Tennessee license this year, and I almost always do. Uh, and mm. if I do, it'll be because I'm like tagged out here and want to go hunt somewhere else. Man, mm-hmm. it has the pressure been everything that it seems like on social media? Has it been that bad? I've just heard about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, uh, you know, where we went Saturday, fortunately, was way off out, basically in the middle of nowhere. And it wasn't that big of a place. Uh, there was one other truck park there, but it was one of those situations where it was big enough. You know, that was the only parking spot. It was a big enough place that I felt comfortable walking in there. You know, it wasn't just like at one trailhead, you know. Um, so we went there and I never bumped into that other person. Uh, and I walked, well, the guy, me and the guy that was with me, we walked a few miles, I think, uh, you know, just in that spot and saw tracks, didn't, didn't hear any gobbles, but saw some fresh tracks, heard a hen. Uh, so it wasn't a total bust, but I guess what I'm getting at is we all found in the middle of nowhere. I just didn't see the pressure like you would see, you know, around, you know, a, the big cities we got, sure. but I have heard that, you know, those popular WMAs, they're getting hit as hard as they've ever been. Now I was curious to hear, uh, if that pressure was going to be affected because, you know, Alabama public opened what the first or like the day before, uh, yeah, that we opened and Georgia private, I believe opened this past weekend. I think that's right. And so I didn't know if that would have any effect on us. Uh, but it sounds like it really didn't because I think still a lot of that pressure came from the North, you know, with got from guys that hadn't, uh, doesn't, they don't have a season open yet. I saw, I was in a gas station, uh, here close by and, uh, saw a couple guys from Ohio and they were hunting a pretty popular WMA, uh, here. And I asked them if they, if they've done any good and, and they said, no, man, you, you know, they've been coming down here every year for like the past five years or so. And I th- they said it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse with the people. So we're just, um, we're just in an odd predicament that we're kind of that, that first stop, you know, I guess coming down South, you know, when all of our seasons are opening up at the same time. So we just catch, uh, just catch a lot of the traffic. Well, and a lot of them don't stop there. <laughs> they continue straight on <laughs> over to Alabama. Um, like it, it's bad here. I actually have not even hunted public land in Alabama yet this season. Um, which is weird for me now. Uh, a lot of places that I hunt are in zone two, which are not open yet. And so, you know, you kind of, I've been kind of waiting on that, but what I ended up doing was get on a, a lease property that was super cheap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm able to go out there and hunt with limited amounts of pressure. There's a little bit, but not much. Um, Mm-hmm. But man, I, I keep up on Facebook with the Tennessee Turkey Hunters page, 
and it literally feels like every single time I get on, I mean, I mean, I'm not like, I need to just start making a tally mark for every time I get on my Facebook and seeing the things that pop up at the front. And it's always somebody like, Hey, this is my first year hunting public land. I live in, uh, you know, Indiana and Mm -hmm. me and some buddies are thinking about making a trip down to Tennessee. Where should we go? And yeah. it's like, like literally every day it's getting bad. Like, yep. and, and granted, like, I, I understand that most of these people don't understand, don't understand the etiquette, but mm-hmm. what I see happening in Tennessee is kind of the, the thing that's hurting my feelings about Tennessee is I've seen multiple residents of the state that I know that are saying things like, Go to this WMA, and these guys that I that I'm talking about are private land hunters. They've, you know, they're mm-hmm. rarely stepping foot on public land, and they're like, "Hey, go over here. There's lots of turkeys over there," um, because it's because it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't affect yeah. their hunt at all. Uh, Adam, who is on a turkey hunt right now in Florida, uh, otherwise he'd be on here with us. He uh, he hunted a place this past weekend, and he said it was just like it was nuts. He said. Mm-hmm. I, I wish he was here to tell the story. Like apparently there was some dude that was hunting without a shirt on. Um, <laughs> like uh, yeah, I saw where he commented about that, and I didn't know if he was like joking or what. No, it was real. If I should take him seriously. <laughs> dude, that weather in Alabama makes me want to hunt without my shirt too. It's hot and humid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. It has I mean, been pretty I, rough. I see. It. I, I, I can't can imagine how happen. Florida is, <laughs> especially some Yankee from Indiana like coming down here like. I just ain't gonna wear a shirt. That's all there is to it. <laughs> oh, he got a good birds. tan. <laughs> I don't know. I, what would be awesome? I would love to. It, if you are Mister Shirtless Man, that's from Indiana, hunting Tennessee, and you happen to listen to this podcast, uh, please hit me up. That didn't really narrow it down. I feel like <laughs> a lot of those guys are like, "Hey, I'm gonna get like ten me, messages." <laughs> He's talking about me. I got my shirt off right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like, man. Obviously, the, the I, I'm I'm concerned about these type of situations specifically with turkeys because, uh, and obviously a turkey will adapt. We've seen that in Alabama. We've seen where high pressured places you are going to struggle to hear a gobble, and even if there's turkeys around. And you, if you if they're not gobbling, they're they're really hard to kill. It's just at that point, it's mm-hmm. it's m- mostly a matter of luck if you kill one. Yep. And uh, yeah. I'm not so much worried about it with deer. I feel like with a buck on a high pressured public land scenario, that deer's smart enough. He's he's sly enough. And aside from that, most of the time that he is out and about is in the dark when he's not being hunted. Turkeys mm-hmm. are moving all day. You know what I mean? And so it really does kind of concern me if there are, if there are a hundred people, let's just say there's a hundred people hunting 500 acres, which is a a lot of that middle Tennessee public land is sets up that way. Um, where, where, yeah, let's just, let's just give this one's already been flat uh, tore up by whatever. So you have a property like Yanali WMA in in mm-hmm. Tennessee, um, which is I would I would venture out to say it has the most pressure of any WMA in the state. 
Um, yep. And Joey, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't a, a big magazine uh, write some type of article at some point several years back that said uh, this is the best place in the nation to hunt turkeys on public land? I want to say that I have heard of that. It uh, it, it is notorious for the pressure, and it's. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and they'll name drop that, you know, all over social media, and even, you know, even a popular place like that, I mean, I ain't going to tell nobody nothing still, but yeah, uh, in regards to, you know, people asking for public, for public spots uh, on social media, I'm to the point now, you know, I mess with people all the time, you know, I tell them all these, you know, state parks and <laughs> zoos and whatever else, you know, to go find a turkey, just to be a, be an a-hole, I guess, but uh I'm going to start just asking them, you know, if they're coming from, you know, XYZ state, like Ohio, let's just say Ohio. Like, Hey, I'm coming down from Ohio. Uh, what's some good places in Tennessee? I'm going to start commenting. What are some good places in Ohio that you're willing to share with 13,000 other people? Because that's how many people is there in that, you know, Tennessee Turkey Hunters group. And so. And Adam made a good point. Adam made a good point mm -hmm. on that. He's like, yeah, sure. 13,000 people aren't going to show up, but let's just say 10% of people did show up to one percent yeah one percent <laughs> that's too many people that they can't handle the turkey population cannot handle that amount of people in that one spot mm-hmm. um and like i said with deer it's a little bit different story than turkeys and uh and i've seen it happen you know uh on a wma in in tennessee that i hunted uh where i killed mm-hmm. the white turkey at and uh i killed another bird out there that same week when we went out there i mean we were on multiple birds every single day we pretty much had the whole place to ourselves it was removed it was kind of off the beaten path um but still had a good amount of turkeys and uh you can't hardly go back at that's where adam went this past weekend and Mm -hmm. he said it was just unreal unreal how many people were there it's a real tricky situation and I've heard a few other guys talk about this because, you know, you content creators get blamed, you know, for, you know, pressure on public land and whatever. But it's a tricky situation to be in because on one hand, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, you can't deny that some people watch YouTube and they want to pursue, you know, public land, you know, deer and turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. That's fine. On the other hand, you have to think about how much public land we have uh, versus the influx of public land hunters you know we talk about hunting uh you know hunter numbers being down or low or whatever else and uh i've talked about it before on other podcasts about how hunter numbers may be growing but our percentage of the population is shrinking you know the hunting population isn't growing at the rate of the u.s population and so where that gets tricky you know especially on the state level is if you do have a growing number of public land hunters but you have the same amount of public land then I think that's where uh, you know, things get tough. You just see the influx of hunters, which is a good thing, but also, you know, places are getting crowded and we just don't have, in some cases we don't have enough places to put people. Yeah. Are you saying, are you saying to that Joey, like um, that we're like overall license sales are not, are not necessarily skyrocketing. It's just people who have been hunting maybe lease or, uh, private land situation have all of a sudden kind of fallen into this trend of public land. And so that's, that's kind of 
why the public land seems to be a, a little bit overcrowded. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's the case. And I'd be hypocritical, you know, saying that that's a bad thing because I'm one of those people. I grew up hunting private land my entire life up until a handful of years ago when I got involved, you know, with BHA and, you know, I, my eyes were open to more public opportunities. Uh, so for me to be, you know, talking negative about that would be so, it'd be totally hypocritical of me. Sure. But I think that probably is the case. You know, we just got a lot of guys like me that were looking for something different and we wanted to expand, expand our opportunities. You know, we started going out West or I did, you know, I started going out West and hunting public land out there. And it's just, uh, it was just a different style. And you just, all those years that you honed, kind of honed your craft or whatever, I guess on private land, you really put it to the test on public because it was just, you were dealing with other people and I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, you know, it of is. course. And Luke's that way too. I mean, uh, I, I think all of us probably are. Like, I mean, Luke, you grew up in this like same type, almost the same type of culture that I did even in West Texas of like leased property and, and hunting a lot of hunting clubs in Texas. We had leases and that's kind of how we grew up hunting. Right. And it's like, for sure at, at this point though, we can't, we can't afford most of it. Like, I think that's the problem. Yeah. We can't afford, like, guys are getting knocked off of leases and uh, permission properties because, you know, so-and-so's cousin decided he wanted to start hunting. And so they're getting, and so these guys who are, I mean, deer and turkey hunting just running through their veins, they don't have a place to go anymore that's private. And so they're kind of coming on to public. And then, and then you have the, you do have the bandwagon public land people who, who I don't necessarily consider a real, uh, this is, this is going to sound bad. I don't consider <laughs> to be a real threat because I don't think they're going to be there long. You know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they're doing mm. it because they think it's cool and they want a sh- social media post. Oh, public land, you know, or whatever. And, and they're going to get their butts beat, beat down by these deer and turkeys <laughs> on public land and they're eventually going to go back to to wherever they came from you know and and i don't mm-hmm. i don't consider to be, them to be but it's the guys i mean it, undeniably people are getting better at hunting you know mm-hmm. by doing it on public and there's more information out there we had we've got information at our hands today that we couldn't have even fathomed you know 20 years ago uh and uh another thing that just came to mind as far as, you know, leases and, and land to hunt, excuse me, we, uh, we talk all the time about like private land habitat loss. Well, you got to think too, that's private land hunting access loss for some guys too. So where are those guys going? And if they're on that lease, they've been on that lease for X amount of years and paying that same price, then all of a sudden it's gone. And then they go to find another lease and they realize they can't really afford it. They go start going to public. So maybe as Maybe as much as uh, we should be worried about habitat loss, you know, we should be worried about, you know, private hunting, private hunting access loss too. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, like I, I can, I can tell you just the, the hunting culture out here. Like I, I joined this lease for turkey rights only. 
Um, so I'm not going to deer hunt it. I don't want to deer hunt it, but just, just, just give you an example of how they run this operation. Um, at the beginning of the season or in May, sometime in May, everybody who's on deer, who's on it for deer, they draw for like, I think two or something different fields, right? Um, they draw out a hat or whatever, and it's kind of at random draw out of a hat. This is your two spots. You're responsible for the shooting house, the blind, the corn, the the planting, the seed. You're responsible for all that. That's not how all of these work, but but that's just a good example. Now that uh, that's not how I hunt, you know, that's not how I do things. I look at that situation. I'm like, man, that sucks. And probably most of a lot of guys get in into those situations where it's like, yeah, why would I ever want to do that? Why would I want to limit myself? And so you look at all the opportunity you have within public land. Um, and, and it's just, you don't have to ask anybody's permission, you know, to go to a spot. You don't have to. And so there's a lot of attractiveness about the public land stuff, but, um, you know, I, and, and like you said, man, like I'm, I'm in this situation where I don't know, I feel like I need to do something, right? I feel like I need to change something because I do believe uh, that people have a point when they say content creators are adding to this issue. It's it's undeniable. Like, I didn't start it with that intention, right? I started mm-hmm. it with the intention of, I'm I'm seeing some cool stuff, I'm experiencing some cool stuff. I want to document it and take people along for that ride with me. That's why I started it, right? And mm-hmm. so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to blow people's spots. Um, it's more of a byproduct. Yeah, it it is a byproduct, and and within YouTube, there's certain like keywords that are always attractive, and and even to me as a viewer, when I watch somebody's stuff, like if it says like giant two hundred inch Iowa buck named you know cletus or whatever whatever his name is uh i'm like nah don't want to watch that but then when i see like running gun public land hunt giant 200 mm-hmm. or 150 inch buck killed off public land running gun style or whatever whatever that title is that's going to be a lot more mm-hmm. i'm going to want to watch that because i know it's going to have a cooler like a cooler storyline um yeah i could potentially learn something from it um, there's just a lot of things within that, that, that make me want to watch it. But one of the things I'm considering doing through, uh, through Southern ground is not, not focusing so much on that public land. And I know it's going to mess me up and in the views and all that stuff, but honestly, that's not why I started. I didn't start it for views. Um, and I want to make sure that the resource is there for when my, when my kids, you know, when they want to go hunt. On public land, hmm. I'm not going to quit hunting public land. And I'm not going to quit videoing, but just kind of maybe doing a little bit to, and, and and believe me, I'm very aware that my small channel is not. It's not going to change the. It's not going to change anything. But mm-hmm. I can't sit here and have this conversation with you guys about and public land's overcrowded. People suck and people don't know how to blah, blah, blah. I can't, we can't have that conversation if I'm like giant public land deer with a kayak and 
blah blah blah, you know, and I'm trying to and I'm making it look like ultra sexy to go and hunt public land. Does that make sense? Like it, it's a it's a weird yeah. it's a weird situation that I kind of feel like I'm in. Yeah. You get that? But the positive uh yeah, the but the positive side of things is that if we have more people interested in public land, then that's more people concerned about the resource that's and right. are more willing to step up and and do something about it. Take the like Yanali, you know, we were just talking about a minute ago. You know, how many, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, Tennessee BHA, uh, the chapter, I think they're the first ones that broke the news. And that thing got squashed, you know, within a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, explain they, that for people I mean, who might not know about what, what was going on. So if I remember correctly, I'm a, I was the former chair of uh, the Tennessee chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And uh, early this year, the, uh, you know, the new board or the, you know, the new chair, they kind of had their hands full with a couple of different issues. And one of the major ones was a portion of Yanali WMA was going to uh, be turned over to county management instead of management by TWRA. And we, I think, uh, I think they had some pretty good leads on why that was so, and it involved development, you know, later on down the road and a few other things. So anyway, you know, wasn't, it wasn't going to be more uh, habitat projects. You know, we can go ahead and, and say that because there's not a county in the, in our state that has the budget to manage any WMA for wildlife habitat. It's just not there. The, you know, we got 90-something counties. There ain't one of them that's got the budget to manage wildlife habitat on a public piece of property. So they, uh, you know, the Tennessee BHA, they, they had a call to action. And it spread like wildfire throughout the Southeast because it's so popular. If you, if you know anything about public land, turkey hunting in Tennessee, you know, you know, WMA, that's just part of it. Uh, or any kind of hunting, you know, deer hunting, whatever kind of hunting. And I mean, everybody got up in arms, you know, and emailed their representatives, made those phone calls and everything else. So I guess what we're getting at is, you know, with the amount, of more public land hunters that we do have the positive aspect is that we have more soldiers on our side fighting to protect it. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And, and I think that the whole thing with Yanali was, was pretty cool. It hurt. It did hurt my feelings, even though you're not, I'm not going to say Yanali feels like a lost cause. It doesn't feel like a lost cause. I know there's plenty of people that are still successful hunting deer and turkeys on Yanali. Um, hmm. But it still hurt my feelings. Like, saying the word Yanali like like even though everybody already knows the name Yanali if they know anything about deer and turkey hunting in Tennessee they already know dirty. the name it feels like like let's not it say the name dirty. let's just say there's a there's a WMA in Tennessee that's being threatened like let's not say that name but Luke you got I mean you can go back and uh, you can go back and bleep all this out you bleep Yanali out every <laughs> yeah. time we say it yeah i'm not going to do that um but Luke Luke's got maybe some differing opinions on on all this stuff than us. And I think, I mean, I'm up for a good debate. Well, I'm, it. <clears throat> the whole reason I've just not said anything, I'm, I'm pr just kind of thinking through the conversation because it's good, but it's, I'm kind of torn because I can't help but think that somebody has got a bitter taste in their mouth thinking, well, I, what I'm hearing is now we aren't, encouraged to hunt public land like now we aren't encouraged to like watch and learn and do what like we're talking about doing because i mean big picture i think we're all like hey we we want 
hunters or new hunters to to want to love the outdoors like that's i think big picture we're all on the same page but it's like i'm sitting here thinking going back to the spots and the social media stuff like putting that into perspective of stuff that i've witnessed is if you kill a big buck anybody like putting it into a different perspective if you kill a big buck with anybody most of the people that I know are not going to go just blabbing, hey, I killed this big buck here in this location because they know that's going to that's going to be a spot that people are going to go to and they're going to have a hard time hunting. There was one guy, um, he passed away a couple of years ago who killed a giant on public land, really super awesome guy, but he ended up telling some of the guys at the um, at the check in station. And like the next weekend, he couldn't even go back. That was one of, you know, quote unquote, his spots, one of his little honey holes that he found. And he couldn't even hunt it because that next weekend it was swarmed. Like there were people there everywhere. So I get that kind of perspective. But at the same time, you know, I don't want people to forget like big picture. We just want a place to hunt and to keep hunting and for it to keep growing. But I just, I can't help but think that, you know, somebody's going, wait, so I'm not supposed to hunt now? Like, I so what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do? It was hard because, because like, if, if somebody, let's just, uh, I'm going to sound like a D-hole on this. Um, <laughs> uh, D-hole, you like that? Well, thoughts yeah, are out there nice. now, I'll, so I'll, like I'll, I'll, I'll say what I'm thinking now. If if a kid gets on there um, with with zero etiquette or anything, you know, and gets on a Facebook page and is like, let's just give it, let's just say Tennessee turkey hunters, for example, um, because I see that on that page. And I see it on the Alabama WMA uh, Facebook page a lot too, but... Um, my, my personal belief is anybody who's a moderator on those groups should be ashamed of themselves for letting those posts mm-hmm. stay live. They should be deleting those posts. Um, yep. it, it is, it is unreal to me that these people are leaving those kind of posts up, but what mm-hmm. post? but what posts are we talking about? The type of post where somebody's like, Hey, what's a good public land area to go and hunt? Um, see and- why, but, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, if somebody's, what if somebody's genuine about, hey, I've got no clue? I think they're all genuine. But like Joey said, there's tons of freaking information out there mm-hmm. that, where they could learn something. So Maybe. you're that. So the, that side of it is, um, and again, I, like I see what you're, I see what y'all are talking about. Is if someone says this spot is a good spot, and it is, well, whoever that is hunting that spot now has to worry about a swarm of people being in that spot? Well, and, and most of the time people aren't given spots, like specific, like I have or, seen Or, excuse it, me, a general area. A, a, a w, and they name a WMA. And what happens is, uh, it, it's one thing for, for Luke, let's say you're a new hunter and you come to me and say, hey, Parker, I've seen you, you've killed a lot of deer on public land or you kill a lot of turkeys on public land. Man, I, where are you going? Because I'm just, that's that's one thing. To have a one-on-one conversation, but what I'll just watch your videos. Yeah, yeah no kidding. What ends up <laughs> happening is thirteen thousand people are seeing that 
WMA named. And and believe me, there is a very good percentage of people who are putting that in their memory bank and saying, well, they said there's a lot of turkeys there. If I ever go there, I'm, I'll probably stop by, you know? And so I, I think that there, it is the, it's the social media part of it because even the guy that you mentioned, he mentioned it at the check-in station. Um, it, let's just say it is a good WMA and, and that you told that one person that good WMA, right? Well, they told their buddies. Oh yeah, I, I mean, if they don't know their public land etiquette, then they're going to think the best of people and think nobody's going to go touch it because that's the spot I've been hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to tell their buddy, and as it continues to go down the line, it's going to lose its value. Um, it's yeah. not going to be held closely, and I think that's what happened with places like Yanali. I think it's happened with places like uh, uh, Black Warrior. I, I definitely think it's happened with Black Warrior. Um, but the good thing about Black Warrior is what people figure out, um, and and a lot of places that are going to be more hilly, um, land between the lakes. Everybody knows land between the lakes in uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. Everybody knows that name. If you're a public land hunter in the South, you probably know people that go to land between the lakes. The thing about those places is that they're unforgiving, and it's going to be a challenge no matter what you do. There's always lots of pressure, um, so you have to overcome that, but also just the terrain is unforgiving. So you're, you're going to find yourself in those type of situations where like you do have to learn how to do things. Here's my problem. Okay. Um, if somebody gets on and says, where's a good WMA for me to hunt around? Let's just say, uh, Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. Where's a good WMA for me to hunt around Memphis? Freaking get Onyx, you know, get Spartan Forge. Get a mapping system, look it up on your, I mean, all these places have deer, all these places have wildlife, find a place that's closest to you and go and, and figure it out. You know, like it's not rocket science and people get so offended on these social media platforms whenever somebody says, Hey, just go look at a map, just purchase. Yeah. Spartan Forge or Onyx and yeah and and roll with but, it and I'll and I'll say um you know going back to what Joey was saying uh, he made a, a good comment that I agree with but basically saying like the if if people are a public land hunter and they kind of get in in that um or down that road of becoming a just a hunter in general that loves and respects the outdoors and other hunters I don't feel I don't believe that those people are there yet in the, in the sense of as their post, which again, I I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt. It's like a public land hunter that's new to it, or just a hunter in general, that's new to it. Most of the time, these specific things that we're talking about and the importance of like knowing the line of, Hey, this spot is like the the sacred spot that I will tell no one or, or, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like Mm -hmm. that, that different type of mentality, I believe only happens when you, when you've been down that road or that route of putting the hours, the days, the weeks, the months, the years in of working your butt off to scout. And to know the spots and to figure out what we were just talking about, the maps and 
all of this stuff, then it's like that same person that was a year or two before posting that on social media. Now it's like, oh, hey, we know that. So I'm always on the side of like giving people the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, I know exactly what you're talking about when you get on the Facebook thread and the, they're worse than women talking about this, this, and this, or arguing about this, this, and this. And it's like, what are, what are we doing? You know what I mean? It's like, so I always try to go to like big picture, like big picture. People want to hunt the best spots. They want the instant results, but a lot of times they're not willing to put in the work, but the people that are posting those questions, like I said, I, I just don't believe that they're, that they've had that experience yet to where they're in the mentality of thinking, okay, yeah, the, I, I see what y'all are talking about now. Does that make any sense? It does. Mm -hmm. It does. I mean, yeah, go ahead, Joey. You sound, you look like you need to say something. Tear them well, apart. Think, uh, rip them apart, Joey. <laughs> no, no. Tell I'm not wrong. I need apart. a good debate. I'm in a bad mood because the turkeys have been being stupid. So <laughs> I need somebody to, maybe I've been the one who's being stupid. The turkeys are just being smart. No, but uh, like when if I want to legit give somebody a piece of information or a piece of advice when they do post those questions on uh, social media, I tell them, you know, call the property managers because that's public information. And uh, I think I've said it before and I was talking to a property, not a property manager, but somebody in chart. I don't, I don't know. I won't even go down that rabbit hole. I was, talk, I was doing some homework earlier, you know, in the week about a place I'd kind of want to go this weekend. And it's uh that's like half the fun for me, you know, just, just try. It's like a, it's like detective work where are the turkeys at. Okay. Well, I'm going to call this regional office and I'll get in touch with this biologist and they may direct me to this part of the state. And okay, there's some WMAs in this part of the state and I can call those property managers and I can examine the habitat, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you can just get a lot done. That's even the old school way, you know, just picking up the phone and calling people uh, before you even look at Onyx. You know, you just narrow down a part of the state, any state, you could pick any 49, any of the 49 states and you can do that. And I think that's, I don't know if we just need to, if we need to normalize that, you know, given that kind of advice. Uh, but even when you I, post if, that, when you post that, I, cause I've seen you say that on pages, like call the property manager, mm -hmm. it, the way that it is, it, the way that it's taken is almost like backhanded, almost yeah. sarcastically. Like mm -hmm. idiot call the property manager. Um, mm -hmm. and like I've seen on that post where you'll have people that like do the laughing emoji and all kinds of like they're, they're doing all kinds of stuff. People say, people take it on Facebook as this guy's just being a, a jerk. And, yeah. but, but you're not like, that's the thing. I always try to like, when somebody asks me, uh, there's a guy, there's a guy I know. Um, I won't mention his name. Uh, uh, there's a guy I know, good guy, was continually asking me questions um, about public areas that that I hunt, and uh, and and again I say this guy was a good guy. He had no ill intentions at all. He was just starting to hunt public land because he had been hunting a small little piece of property, um, and one. It was not me, and it wasn't Luke. <laughs> um, it was not me. And uh, it's totally he, Walter. Yeah, it's probably Walter Lee. Um, <laughs> maybe we should make it a point to insult Walt once in every episode. every single episode. Dude, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know the guy, and I'm like, he seems so cool. What are we doing? Um, but 
but this guy was he was you know borderline like i'm like okay dude like let's chill out you know and and that's one of the things that i told him was listen i'm not going to tell you okay you you figure it out you figure things out and you will be glad that you did if you'll take the time to learn and get better as a hunter um whether it be deer or turkeys you know both uh take the time figure it out and you'll be a better hunter because of it. But if I tell you spots, you're going to go in those spots and you're not going to learn anything. And you're probably not going to see anything or kill anything because you're not a good hunter. Like you've mm-hmm. got to develop that skill. You develop that skill set, then start learning how to do like what you're talking about, Joey. Like the, you're not being a jerk whenever you're saying that to people. You're giving them the keys to the flipping kingdom and saying mm-hmm. like, hey, if you really want something that will go so far past one out-of-state trip to Tennessee that you're taking. If you're a shirtless guy from Indiana and you really, <laughs> man, you want to you wanna be able to kill him without pants on, like, you learn how to do these things and you'll be better because of it. Like, you're just going to be better. I will guarantee you, for me, I don't want somebody to give me a spot. Ah, man. Let me tell you about something, because I know there's somebody probably thinking about this, like, what a freaking hypocrite. Uh, It was hard for me to, uh, I went to Kentucky this year during deer season, uh, shot a buck, didn't recover him on public land, missed a freaking banger of a deer uh, on public land, and it was the last day, and I, I, uh, Hunter Lindsay, my buddy Hunter Lindsay, He's like, you can hunt my lease. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go hunt your lease. And I went and hunt his little preset stand uh, with a pile of corn <laughs> sitting there, uh, which is legal in, in Kentucky. Um, all that stuff is all that stuff is fine. And, and if that's how somebody wants to hunt, I was happy to kill the buck. Right. I killed a buck that day, that morning. I was happy to kill the buck, kind of got the monkey off my back. I was excited, but it paled in comparison to me figuring something out it just did you know i i didn't expect it to be that much but even now when somebody asks me like man how many bucks did you kill this year i don't really count like i count it but i forget Mm. about it you know what i mean because it's not how i wanted to do it um Mm. because i didn't learn anything i'm not a better hunter because because of that experience um, so no, I'm not being hypocritical. I have done these things. I've taken handouts and almost always I regret it. Almost always I regret you that. You know, a lot of people are going, boo. Yeah, and, and you know what? That's fine. Like the people can think that and, th- and they can do it however they want to. If, if Luke, if you yeah, want, if, you, if you wanted that, I don't care. You know, that's your experience. That's what I was going to say. That's just, that's the way you hunt. People hunt different ways and that's, oh. that's the way you hunt. And, and mm-hmm. but I will guarantee you somebody will be better if they'll figure it out on their own. No, um, I will agree. I, I will agree with that. Um, but I also agree. Uh, people that have um, connections, like what you were saying, Joey, with different people. And the thing is, like when you get down the road of trying to figure stuff out, you will meet people that mm-hmm. later on you'll go. This person did not know what the flip they were talking about. And then you'll meet people that you're like, dude, this person, like he's on it and you'll meet. Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing about it is like getting into the stuff you meet, you meet people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the you're talking about the homework part again. You know, I I try to soak in as much you know turkey you know content that I can, especially this time of year. You know, when you can you know apply it. You know, a couple of days after you hear it or whatever. But one of my favorite topics to hear from you know, especially guys like Dave or Shane Simpson, even Catman or whoever else, is the process that they have up until they step out of the truck that first time at whatever place. Like. I'm always curious to to hear about their process and they don't really, you know, they don't divulge, you know, too much information, which, you know, I can't really blame them, but the stuff like that it, is what interests me the most these days. Like, what are you doing? Like either looking at maps, what are you asking biologists? What is the process to make you say, okay, here's uh, plan A, B, C, D, you know, whatever in an area. What's the process up until you step out of the truck? I'm all that's that's my favorite topic. Whenever I hear you know you know guys getting interviewed, I'm always curious to hear what that's that cool. is. And that that's the stuff that does make you, it does make you better, man. It just does, mm-hmm. fellas. That was a that's a a good conversation. Not at all what I was planning on talking about, but as we were kind of just talking <laughs> a little bit and, and thinking about it, it was like, man, this this would be a good a good topic. Um, but like I, I, I started out the episode by saying you guys are, uh, both on the board this for the week and I, however, am not, and I've hunted a lot, um, a lot of close calls, uh, had a situation. I'm, let me, I want to tell the story real quick. This is my turkey story Then I'm going to let you guys, this is my turkey story that does not end in a dead turkey. Uh, but then I want to hear you guys, we'll kind of close out with both of y'all's stories, because uh, I think people can learn a lot from other people's scenarios. I've always said that about turkey hunting. Um, I decided that it would be a great idea. I was going to be all-star daddy and take my little girl on her first turkey hunt. Uh, I, I hadn't been in a lease for turkeys in a real long time, and so I've never really had the opportunity to take my kids out to a you know, a place that would be relatively easy for them to get around in. We could pop up a blind and just sit there and she can watch her iPad and we just have a good time and go eat lunch and have fun. Well, uh, so I took my girl, she's five years old and it, <laughs> uh, it was slow morning, really slow morning. We did just that. We sat in a blind and uh, put a decoy out, man, people just, just uh, crucified me in their minds for that. Uh, we put a hen decoy out in the field in a food in a, in a manicured food plot, and did not hear a turkey gobble one. Didn't see nothing. Didn't hear nothing. And uh, I actually fell asleep in my lawn chair that I was turkey hunting in. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. I fell asleep. I kicked back. I actually got a good video of my daughter tapping me and saying wake up somebody's gotta watch the turkeys you know and because uh, she wasn't she was watching Encanto on her iPad uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we she she wakes me up and so I sit there for a minute and she says daddy I really want to go eat lunch at the gas station I don't know where she got the gas station from but that's awesome I love it I was like okay baby we'll go eat lunch at the gas station so we pack up everything and Obviously, I'm I'm daddy, so I have my hands full. You know, I've got decoy and lawn chairs and camera gear and 
and she doesn't want to carry anything. She just wants to carry her iPad and watch it while we're walking through the woods. And uh, so we walk back. We're walking back to the truck, and it's about eleven thirty or so at this point in the day. Um, and I let out a just a real quick yelp, just out of habit, really more than anything. I didn't think anything answered. This joker fires off like seventy five yards away from us. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there with my hands full. I got a five-year-old girl who's hungry and got to pee. And she, she's been complaining about needing to go poop all day. And she didn't want to poop outside. <laughs> I had the struggles for real, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm kind of in a hurry to get to this gas station and stuff. And I was like, well, crap. And she, she heard that gobble. Her eyes lit up, man. It was beautiful. And it was like, oh, yeah. She just she just got herself a hit of a hard drug, and uh, so he fires off and then starts gobbling by himself on his own, seventy five yards seventy five yards away from the truck. And the way that this situ- situation lays out is we're on the road. It's an old like reclaimed area, and so it's got like a lot of like real thick pine thickets um, with I don't know ten foot tall pines in it, and there's a beaver pond that is between a a ridge that has a field on top of it and the road that we're on. It's just a, an open pond right there. So he starts gobbling and he stands in the same spot for a second and he's going nuts. He probably gobbled 10 times while we stood there. And she, every time he gobbled, she's like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And uh, I said, baby, we got to do something. And this, this, terrible part of me came out where I freak I'm freaking out I'm she's like humming we don't talk about Bruno and I'm like baby you gotta be quiet be quiet you know and I'm like kind of getting on to her and you're like stay here in the middle of the woods while I go kill this turkey <laughs> yeah that's what I wanted to say <laughs> I know but, oh, but I know I've got this beaver pond between me and him so we have to make this giant loop around on the road to get to where that field is to get above him and so I drop everything I grab one uh, insta 360 camera my gun and we start walking and she is just going as slow as a snail um, because her feet are only like six inches long so like she can't her <laughs> legs are only like six inches long so she can't really walk that fast and I'm like sprinting up this hill so I turn around and get her and I put her over my shoulder and I start running to this field and he's still just gobbling 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 and so we get within maybe three or four minutes, get to the, the field that, and I'm just out of breath. I'm tired. Just carried a 40 pound five-year-old up this hill and, uh, we get set down and, uh, call again and he gobbles and that joker gobbles at the truck, like, like hmm. 30 yards from the truck. I, hmm. I, at the time I thought, did he really just fly that beaver pond? There's no way because it looked like just a thicket, just briars. I didn't see any way that a turkey would want to go through that or would even be able to because it's so thick. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. But he eventually kind of worked his way down this point, which is where we've been sitting at all morning in that ground blind. And he's gobbling like crazy. And I just mentioned to her, I was like, baby, if you want to go sit in the truck, I'm going to go kill this turkey. And she was like, no. And she starts to cry. I was like, okay, Lord, I need to know what to do right here. 
and uh, not to get not to get overly spiritual on the deal, but I just had this moment that was like, you know what, this was a good experience for her. Overall, it doesn't have to be a dead turkey at the end of the day. For um, sure, it was just a it was a, a a very memorable experience, not only for her but for me. I'll never forget that day, and it could have been just a day where we didn't hear any gobbles and we just had a good time, but it turned into a, a thing where it was like, man, I'm not ever going to forget that. And so uh, just kind of a, like an overwhelming piece about the situation. I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll be all right with that. Um, so <laughs> here's the disappointing part. I left him gobbling. Like hmm. we went and ate lunch at the gas station. And, that is heartbreaking. And he was gobbling. I believe he probably gobbled. He chased after your truck. <laughs> yeah, he was. No, come back! Shoot me in the face! Please come back! <laughs> uh, it was that was the heartbreaking part. That's the part that I that I will definitely remember. Maybe not in such a good way. If he would have stopped gobbling, I'd have been like, okay, whatever. Should have killed him. But I left a turkey that was very easy to kill. I left him gobbling. Um, fast forward to the next morning, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna go into that area. I imagine he probably stayed pretty close by, and. The son of a gun gobbled in the same spot where I left him that that day and uh, mm. the day before. Uh, so I, I cut across and I went down to where he had gobbled at from the at the beginning when when we struck him up the day before. And what I found was is there's an old four wheeler trail that skirts around the beaver pond and goes up the ridge that he walked up. Uh, I found his I found his uh, track right in the middle of that that little road. And so he didn't have to go through the thicket. If I would have known that was there, we literally could have just used the truck as a backrest and shot him as he came out the road. Um, but I didn't know that was there. And so I'm like, okay, this is what he did. I'm going to get up here. So I cut across on that little road and turned a corner. And it was like gray light. Like it was not time for turkeys to be on the ground. And he's gobbling on the ridge um, on the point, probably 150 yards away, maybe 100 yards away. and uh, I turned this corner and there's three turkeys t- 10 feet away from me. There's two hens and uh, either a Jake or a long beard. I couldn't tell. Um, but they were standing there in the middle of the road at gray light, could barely see them because it was still so dark, basically waiting on him to fly down, I think, to get to him. And they busted out of there, made all kinds of racket and flew across the ridge and he never gobbled again after that. Um, so <laughs> that is my... Should have been a turkey kill. Was not. Was the the Lord's not handing out opportunities on goblin turkeys at eleven thirty in the morning? Often, like those don't get handed to to you a whole lot. And so I'm just praying that He rewards my self control and my uh, parenting. And uh, at some point here in the next few days, I can find that bird again. And uh, and get on him. But, anyways, that's my turkey hunting story for the week. Uh, uh, Luke, why don't you why don't you tell us yours? I think it'll probably be uh, <laughs> pretty quick. I think it'll be a pretty quick story, dude. Uh, so, um, I had a buddy of mine. His name's Teddy. Him and his wife they came to stay with Sadie and I. Uh, they Sadie and his wife are good friends and. Him and I got to talking um, earlier this year just about hunting, and he's kind of new to hunting, just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. But they're 
they live in Arkansas. He's in the military station in Arkansas. And he's like, dude, I never, I've never been turkey hunting, never killed a turkey. And I was like, dude, whenever turkey season hits in Alabama, we've got to try to get you on a bird. And, um, and recorded the whole thing. They got here this past, let's say last Saturday. Um, and they, or we hunted, started last Saturday and they left this morning. We hunted this morning is our last day and um hopefully i get the video out soon but he was what channel of, you've never plugged your channel on here before oh where, i have where, where will people get to watch that for this opportunity it's called that's wild hunting yep that's wild hunting so check that out pretty dope yeah, logo you got hey if you need a logo i know a guy parker mcdonald or website design, <laughs> or any type of logo. He loves doing wedding videos and stuff like that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, anyway, he came out, <clears throat> and we we legit hunted Saturday almost all day, Sunday before church, Sunday after church, Monday all day, Tuesday storm blowed in. After the storm, we hunted Tuesday evening, we hunted this morning. This redneck and, said a storm blowed in. Did you hear that, Joey? Did you catch it? He's speaking my language. <laughs> the storm daggum blowed in. <laughs> I figured that would, would hit home for you guys. Um, but it was crazy. So the first morning we set up, because the goal was to try to get him a bird. First morning we set up, I mean, it was just picture perfect. Had some jakes come in. We were going to shoot, I was going to, he was going to shoot the first legal bird. And jakes come in at like 30, 40 yards and he missed and he was torn to pieces uh and where we were sitting kind of his gun was propped up on a limb that was a little too high and i was kind of telling him to maybe kind of squat standing up if he could but the turkeys pinned us and so long story short i was cracking up i was like dude it happens to all of us it was it was great but the next day uh sunday morning we hunted saw a bunch of birds but couldn't get on anything Sunday evening. Um, I think it was Sunday evening or Monday. I can't remember. We are, we are taking the ladies fishing and are on, on our way to this pond. And we said, Hey, we're, we're going to let you guys drive separate. Teddy and I are going to hunt that evening after we get done fishing. Cause it was like lunchtime and they were wanting to do something outside and so we are passing this field. That's that's my uh, family land. And we see a monster Tom in the field. And we've got the girls behind us in the car. And so I call them and we're like, there's a, I, I said, there's a Tom in the field. We've got to pull up and we've got to park. You guys are going to have to just sit and stay while we do our thing and we'll hopefully kill him. We'll go fishing. I was like, this is like top priority. So come to find out teddy and i are just scrambling for the stuff i left my camo at the house i didn't even get my camo my camera gear is in the blind that we hunted that morning and i'm like dude i've got i got nothing like I, i've got my phone so i did a quick clip hey there's a time in the field we're going after it and that was it luckily uh, teddy had a leafy suit top an extra one and i had my leafy suit bottoms i had a white shirt short <laughs> sleeve underneath and i had khakis which didn't terrible i had khakis 
under my leafy suit. And I was like, we got to go. I, pee, I don't even think I had my face mask. Or, yeah, I did have one of my face masks. We hauled, but where this gobbler was, he, if you can picture this, the pasture kind of horseshoes, but in the middle of the horseshoe is a point where the woods come out. And he was sitting in the shade right under some pines. And um, we kind of peeked over the hill. I was like, that's where he is. I was, I was telling him we got to do a giant loop to get to the other side of the, of the pasture to where we can kind of set up. Um, hopefully him, him kind of just working his way around the point. So we get all the way around, you know, we're huffing and puffing and can barely <laughs> breathe and it's humid and hot. And, you know, everybody knows what I'm talking about, but we finally get set up where I'm thinking, okay, this dude is about a hundred yards out separated between uh, um, him with the woods. And we just sat for just a second. And I, I was like, I think we need to make a move. And I think we just need to push up to him. I think you need to be on this side of the horseshoe and I need to be on the other side of the horseshoe and we need to just ease our way up to the point where it just comes out to the point in the pasture. I was like, whoever gets the shot on him needs to take him. And so he's working one side. I'm working one side. I'm creeping through. I get about 75 yards and this bird best, best I could guess is because I saw the pines and stuff is he was trying to cool down in the dirt. And so he was kicking all the stuff out to where he could just kind of get in the dirt. And he stood up 15 yards from me as I'm creeping through the woods. And I just, I smoked him at 15 yards and I was going crazy. You know, work. I, I got, I got to about, let's see, to about, 15, 20 yards from the point where I would come back out into the pasture. And what he had done is he had kind of crept back into the woods to, to get out of the, the pasture. And I, he was coming towards me. I was coming towards him and he saw me, but didn't really know what I was. And I snuck up right to him. Well, I shot him bird goes to flopping and I'm freaking out. I'm like, daddy, where are you at? He's like, dude, I'm right here. He had walked, he crept past the bird and got to the where the bird was at first in the pasture where we first saw him he was 30 yards from the bird and the bird was just inside the woods and i was like how the how the crap did you did you creep past this bird because i don't know you told me to go slow so i was just going <laughs> slow and we were both freaking out i mean i was like dude this never happens. I thought we just snuck up on a bird. We were freaking out. It was crazy. The, the girls got to hear the shot. I mean, it was so cool, but biggest bird to date, uh, bird was 23 and a half pounds. The spurs was a little over, they were a little over inch and three eighths the beards, 10 inches. I mean, it's just a set of a bird, but we, um, I'll do, I'll do a, a thing with a fan and the spurs and the feet and stuff and the beard. But, um, I'm not gonna do a full body. I mean, if you wanted that. to mount him, I figured you. I know a. I know a guy that could do that. I know, man. Hey, my dad, he'll hook me up, right? You think? But it was, it was just the coolest experience. Like I said, he he was just. He said, "Dude, um, I I think I may love this more than I love deer hunting." Like he's he is hooked, and he said, "You know, even though I didn't get one, because we hunted." like I said, until this morning. And we had a ton of close calls after that. And another, another time where we're sneaking up on some birds and it just didn't happen. Um, but it was just the coolest experience 
you know, getting to kind of hunt with him who, who was new to hunting. It, it, he loved it. But, yeah, looking forward to the rest of the season, man. Heck, yeah. That's cool. Just tell him to stay out of the public spots. <laughs> I'm going I'm to tell him again to just call you, shoot you a Facebook message. No, and he ask you he's got to write it in the Facebook group. Oh, yeah, in the in the thread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey Bell, you close us out with a – a mind-blowing turkey hunt story. <laughs> mind-blowing is hardly how I would describe it. I, it was a, we were talking about luck earlier. This was a whole lot of luck. So, uh, got to a spot Sunday afternoon and I mean, there wasn't, it was a bluebird sky, not a breath of wind. I mean, it was still not a bird was chirping. Like it was eerie quiet. But, you know, it was just one of them things like, hey, you got the time. You just you just got to go. And I went down to this spot and it was a it's a big, long ridge and it's got a little field. I say a little field. I don't know. The field's probably like 300 yards uh, long and maybe 75, 75 yards wide up on top of this ridge in the kind of in the middle of the ridge. And so I kind of worked my way down one side of it just soft calling kind of act, just acting like a hen you know just cruising through the woods you know there wasn't anything talking so i didn't feel the need to get hardly any any kind of noise out of me just barely whispering calls you know and so i just got down towards the end of this ridge and i was set up about i don't know like four i was 40 yards from the edge of the field there were some brush and cedars there that provided a little bit of cover so if something came in that field they would have a real hard time seeing me back in the woods, I guess is what I'm getting at. There was fresh sign there. They'd been scratching and everything else. And so I was like, well, I know there's turkeys around here. I've killed them here before. And I was just going to sit up and just blind call for a little while and see if anything happened. I was kind of, I spent a little bit of time. I was just kind of looking over my setup. It was wide open woods. And so I was trying to tuck myself away in some hole as best I could um and so i was just sitting there and after a while i did see a tom come down the middle of that field wasn't strutting not a peep out of him and he was walking down right the middle of it and he got about i don't know 60 yards from the end of the field my end of the field and he's turned down and he walked down in the holler behind me and he, he didn't see me but once he got out of sight i tried to call to him a little bit to see if i could get him to turn around and see what was up but uh, I mean, he, he never let up. I heard him walk down the bottom of the holler. And I sat there for a few minutes. And it wasn't but a, af, it wasn't but a few minutes after that that I heard one gobble. Like, I don't know, the way a crow flies, I think it was like 500 yards away. Hmm. Some, I mean, way, way out there. But it was so still, you know, you, you could hear him. And I sat there for a couple minutes. And this was right after that Tom had left. I said, well, I could wait here and see if this Tom that just walked off, maybe circle around and give me a shot or whatever. And I thought about that for about five seconds. And I said, well, you know what? Life's too short for non-goblin turkeys. So I just lit out. (laughs) (laughs) I lit out after this. It could have been a phantom gobble, you know, looking looking back at it for all I know. But anyway, something sounded like a gobble, and I was going to go stretch my legs. I got tired of sitting there. And I started walking down the other side of this ridge, uh, from where I'd come from and I made it about probably 350, maybe 400 yards down the ridge. And I stopped 
uh, and I was going to call and see if that bird, I could get that bird to gobble one more time, just kind of see where he was at for sure. And so I called and I waited there for a few seconds, nothing. And then I hear footsteps down in this holler and I just kind of eased my head over and I kind of just peeked down in there and it's two toms walking towards from where I just came from down on the bottom of this holler. It wasn't a real wide Creek bottom. It was, I mean, it was pretty steep on each side and they were just, I mean, just plugging along, you know, and I was just, I'm surprised they didn't see me because it's like walking on potato chips, you know, in the leaves. It was so quiet and they just kept on walking, kept on walking. And as soon as they got out of sight, they like got behind a knoll or something like that. I sprinted back to where I was sitting and I got back there and I got to where I was sitting and I called from where I was sitting. Uh, just exactly the same as I'd been doing, you know, just like feeding wines and the little whistles and just like acting like I was a hen just piddling around in the woods back there. But instead of sitting there, I crept up and I sat in the, like right in the brush on the edge of that field and I wasn't going to call anymore. My theory was that if they had come up in the field, almost where that other Tom had walked out, they would still be in range. Um, I could shoot from, I could shoot basically across the corner of this field, which is like, I don't know, 45 yards, I guess, you know, the furthest part of it. Or if they came up out of that holler in the woods, I was pretty confident they could still be, you know, within range if they were going towards where I was calling from. And so I was just sitting there and after a few minutes, I heard footsteps and I just kept my gun pointed at the footsteps. I didn't know if they were going to come out in the field or come out in the, in the woods on my right or what. And then, uh, after a, a few of those footsteps, I heard, and I was like, Oh, oh here we go. This is who I'm waiting on here. And I see a Turkey through the brush, just walking. I mean, just walking out of the, out of the woods and it wasn't the strutter. And at first I thought it was a Jake or something. And I was really worried because once, if a Turkey would have come up the edge of that field, like right in the end there, there was a hole that I was looking out. I was going to you know, be able to shoot out in that field. And if he would have walked up the edge of the field, right into that hole, he would have busted me. I mean, no doubt about it. He would just looked into that hole and seen my little happy self with that 12 gauge pointed out that hole (laughs) 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 and he would have busted me for sure. And so I got a little worried And this other one. There was a, the strutter was behind him. Uh, and it turns out that first one was a long beard too. And so he just kind of, he kind of veered out into the field a little bit and was walking almost, you know, he was going to walk across my gun barrel. And, uh, it was at that point where I was like, you know what? You hear all the time about people, you know, shoot the strutter, shoot the strutter or whatever else. I was like, no, if I'm waiting on the strutter, I'm just going to have two busted turkeys and uh, a disappointed Joey. And so as soon as that, as soon as that first turkey, is he cleared that hole? I just went and just got him to stop enough and I killed him. It was 16 yards. And Heck he just yeah. dropped and, and the other one flew off and that was, that was it. It was just, they, I would have never known those turkeys would have were on the way if I hadn't seen them. It was pure luck that I saw those turkeys. And then I just had sense enough to run back because I was hoping they were going to my calls anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just ran back from where I, from where I called and yeah, set yeah. up and just waited on them, you know? So I guess, uh, if I, if I would have sat there and, not moved 
and you know not went after that goblin turkey i could have said that patience killed those birds but impatience calls me <laughs> calls me to get up and, and go after something <laughs> that probably wasn't even there and i don't know it was just i don't know what made me go back uh you know and sit sit exactly where i was but wasn't patience that killed them birds it was just i think it was just luck and, and impatience killed them i mean you did you so. did do some things that like i had a, i had a situation uh two days ago where um i struck a bird at like four thirty in the afternoon and the way that these mm-hmm. turkeys on this place had been responding was when you would make a move they would go directly to where you struck them at. Just like that one did mm-hmm. with my daughter. I had one do it to me last Monday where when you strike them on public land, a lot of times they're a little bit more weary, I guess. And they're mm-hmm. not going to come straight to you immediately. But mm-hmm. out there on this lease, it was like they would continuously go right to where they heard that first call from. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I decided if I strike another one and he's, you know, fairly close, not, you know, a mile away that I was just going to wait him out and wait for him to come. And this son of a gun didn't do it. You know, mm-hmm. he, he stayed in one little spot until <laughs> six fifteen in the afternoon. Uh, he sat there, God, yeah. and I let him do it. And I feel so stupid for it, but I was just using information that I had from previous, recent experiences. Um, mm-hmm. whereas if I would have just got up and went and moved on him, like what you did, and said, nah, this ain't how I do it. I don't I don't sit here and wait on them. I would have, yep. you know, been a lot more likely. I would have either busted him, uh, or bumped him, or killed him, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, I mean, I think your your decision, it's, it's one of those things, you know, Casey said it on a podcast uh, when I was in Florida. Turkeys uh, got a whole, lot, a whole lot of nothing to do all day and a lot of time to do it. <laughs> um. So it's like, you know, they're not always going to react the same way. Uh, what you did was not, uh, it wasn't super aggressive. You were just making a move, probably going mm-hmm. slowly. And like you said, not calling real aggressively. And uh, and it paid off for you. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, you know, I was kind of baking on, this was, it was four o'clock when I killed that turkey. And so when I heard the other turkey, it was, you know, well, it was after three. Uh, and I was banking on, you know, you always hear if you get a bird gobbling in the middle of the day, I mean, your chances go up significantly. Well, this bird gobbled on his own, or at least so I thought, I mean, he was a long ways away for all I know, there's some other dude that made him gobble, (laughs) but this turkey gobbled regardless. And I was going to go after a goblin turkey instead of that stupid turkey that didn't say nothing to me and just left. <laughs> so it worked but, uh, out. I just had, and it, yeah, I just happened upon those other ones and it made me go back. So that's cool, man. The, the Lord, uh, the Lord took us away from you and he gave it unto me. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> hey, as long as he, as long as, as long as he returns that favor here in the next yep. few days, well, we'll be, We'll be golden, man. So, yep. hey, my dad is here this week, and uh, mm-hmm. I I uh, taken him out there, and hopefully we get to kill a few birds this week. That'd be awesome. You guys going hunting in the morning? Yes. Yep. I am. Let's go do it, boys. Thanks for coming on, and uh, man, I enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully everybody Heck listened yeah. to it, did. Always yeah, a pleasure. Man.
Joey, thanks again, I'll man, be, uh, for coming on. Yeah, man, anytime. I'll actually be down in Birmingham maybe in the next couple of weeks. I'll holler at you if I get down towards that way. We'll get some of that. I need some of that luck on my side, and I need some of that Joey Bell luck is what I need. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. As always, a big shout-out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Spartan Forge, Tethered, New Canoe, and Scree Gear. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. And Make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, hats, t-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember this, God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.